You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Too Much. Enjoy. God is so good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So you got to take your religious goggles off. Okay, are they off? Let's just make sure. Got to take those religious uh, earbuds out. Even though they're wireless, take them out. Because you got to get this. God is totally determined to totally bless you. I mean, he is all in. He's sold out. He is insistent upon revealing himself to you. He's totally committed to this. He's given him whole. He sent his son so that you would have no doubt as to his love for you and how good he is. We sang in that song, what is it? Um, Sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. Uh, you are the God of all power, and it is your will that my life be healed. How can you say that? How can, how, how can I say it's God's will for you to be healed? Because Jesus revealed his will. Right? Many people don't. They, 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 they say, well, God can heal, but I don't, I don't know if it's his will to heal me. Well, I know it's his will to heal you. So please let me tell you, it's his will to heal you. How do I know that? Because Jesus revealed it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Okay? So we've got to determine what the will of, will of God is, not based on what we've been through or what we're facing, but on what Jesus did for us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. All right? So God is completely, totally, absolutely committed, focused on, purposefully moving to bless you day in and day out. That's what he's thinking about. He's saying, how can, I how can I show myself to you? How can, I let how can I reveal my love to you? How can I what can I do in your life to show you how much I love you? This is who he is. It's what Jesus came to do. John 10:10 10, 10 in the Weiss translation. I like this. You'll hear me reference this scripture a lot, but it needs to be the foundation of your thinking when it comes to knowing him. I alone came, Jesus said, in order that they might be possessing life. That means you've got it now, right? Not that they would someday possess it, but they might be possessing life. And he doesn't stop there. And that they might be possessing it in super abundance. Boy, he's too much, isn't he? Jesus is too much. And we've said the year of 2018 is a year of too much. It's a year of God's provision and overflow manifest in our lives like never before. And now I'll just caution you. I'm going to talk a lot about the goodness of God today. And this can make religious people mad. And boy, I've seen it over the years. And they'll say, you know, don't you have anything else to talk about? I mean, you know, why don't you do a series of messages on the uh, metaphorical significance of the symbolism of Revelation? Well, I'm not against that. Revelation is a powerful book. But I want to tell you, God has called me to, to help you become grounded in his goodness. 
And I'm telling you, there is no better subject to study than the goodness of God. Nothing will do more for you. Nothing is more profitable. Nothing is more efficient and transforming than knowing personally how much he loves you, what he's done for you through Jesus, and how good he is. So people will say, well, are you preaching uh, a prosperity gospel? Are you preaching that gospel of grace? Or are you preaching a healing gospel? But I only know of one gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is the gospel of prosperity. It is the gospel of grace. It is the gospel of healing. Far too many believers have become so unfamiliar with the true gospel, when they hear the real one, they think it's a fake one. Boy, that preacher, he talks about good things all the time. He talks about healing and prosperity and, and victory and righteousness. That's what God's done for you. That's what this is all about. We fell short of the glory of God. He gave his son to make up the difference and then some. Right? He put our sins on his son Jesus and he gave you his righteousness. We don't have anything to be sad about. Right? Preachers should be happy people. And, and they should encourage the people who come to their congregations to be happy people. Because God is happy. And Jesus is happy. And he's done happy things. Happy, happy, happy. Excuse me. Yeah. So uh, can we put, see that up there? That's a, that's a post. Yeah, it was a Bob Ross, the painter on PBS. Happy, happy little trees. He'd make us happy. You guys know that? Um. This is a post that we put up on Instagram, Highway Church Instagram this week. And Jennifer wrote the caption, and I want to read it to you. And don't tune me out because this gets so good, all right? Because remember what we said last couple of weeks, it seems too good to be true. But God's too good to not be true. What he's done for us is too good to not be true. You just got, it's, it should become a, 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 just like, you should know it just like you know your name. You should know who he is and what he's done for you, just like you know one and one or two. Too much, and this is what the caption said on an Instagram post. It said, expect too much. Is it too much to expect too much? Is God short on supplies? Is he waiting for you to prove how deserving you are? Many think he is. Is it enough to have enough? No. Jesus explains his purpose clearly when he says that he came that you might be possessing life. We just read that, right? And not only that, he goes further to say that you might be possessing life in super abundance. So set your expectation on what Jesus came to accomplish. Expect too much in 2018. We want you to expect all of your happiness from Jesus. All of it. We want you to seek for all of your happiness in Jesus. Telling you, this will absolutely change the way you treat other people. You won't put pressures on other people anymore 
or your spouse or your children, right? If you're seeking all of your happiness in him and you're expecting all of your happiness from him, it will turn your house into a happy place. Isn't that something? All of the, the counseling and, and talk shows and, and, and man doesn't have an answer for a happy family. It's Jesus. It's seeking all of your happiness in him. It's expecting all of your happiness from him. That will turn your home into a happy home. <laughs> this is good. This is so good. And, and I know, man, I grew up in a home. It was a I, this is the last place I wanted to be. It hurt being there because it wasn't a happy place. Thank God your home can be transformed. Facebook, are you hearing more? Let's transform our homes this year into happy places. Amen. There's only one way to do it. You can, you can try all the get, you know, 10 steps to a happy life. But if you really want to transform it, just right here in your heart, Begin to seek all of your happiness from your personal relationship with Jesus. Amen. Don't expect it from anywhere else. Amen. This is huge. This is huge. I'm talking about inside here where no one can see. Where only you know what's going on there in God. Deep down, your expectation for every happiness of your life is in Christ directly. Wow. I don't know what's wrong with God. Have you ever have you figured it out yet? He is so different. I mean, he's not happy to give just enough. He didn't say I came that your life might be a little bit better. I came to help you get through this world so that maybe you'll get to heaven someday. He doesn't know how to give just enough. He doesn't know how. He doesn't know how to quit. He doesn't know how to give up on you. That's why he'll never do it. He doesn't know how to turn his back on you. He doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know how to be cheap. He doesn't. Now, if you've been in a relationship with God, have you noticed that limits don't phase him? I mean, if you've walked with God, it, it won't take long for you to run. He talks to you like there are no limits. If you're, if you're willing to listen. Why does he do that? Because he knows that with him, all things are possible. That to the one who believes all things are possible. To the one who trusts in him, there are no limits. Hallelujah. He's never just enough. He's not a just enough God. He wants too much happiness in your home. Too much happiness in your heart. Isn't it funny that we try and get things in our home that, that aren't in our heart? Right? How can you get happiness in your home if it's not in your heart? And, and what we tend to do is, well, if so-and-so changes, I'll be happy. If this person treats me differently, I'll be happy. If I have this kind of a job, if I move and live in this location, no, no, no. If you'll trust in him, you'll be happy. Amen. Can you imagine if all these things had to change for us to be happy? 
You know, you had to find the right geographical uh, location and had to have all the right people talking to you at the right time and the weather had to be such and such. And where are you going to go to find that? Not on earth. See, we've got an internal source of joy that's with us everywhere we go. Happy. That seems to be the word for today. Happy. Happy, happy, happy. Hallelujah. So God is never just enough. He's always too much. He's always too much. He's always more than what you've asked for. That's why 2018 is a year of too much. We're just going to let God be God. We're not going to try and smother him with our theological wisdom. We're going to embrace him as he is and let him be God in our lives. He never gets tired. He never gets weak. I like to just think about that for a moment. He never gets tired and he never gets weak. Let's look at this in Isaiah 40. This is so good. One of my favorite passages. I don't know what's wrong with God. He's too much. Verse 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting. That's perfect power right there. Right? He's at 100% power forever. He's never been anything less than 100%. Wow. The 100% everlasting God. The Lord. The creator of the ends of the earth. He's too much. He does not become weary or tired. Wow. Whatever he's got, I want it. His understanding, I like this word, is inscrutable. Do you know what inscrutable means? I don't, I don't really know either, but it's fun to say. Inscrutable. Actually, inscrutable. It means, basically, it cannot be penetrated with the carnal mind. His understanding can't be penetrated with the natural mind. And see, that's what religion is. Religion is trying to be spiritual with natural reasoning. Trying to understand God with the carnal mind. But you can't penetrate the reality of what he's done for you with your natural mind. Well, what do I do then? It's by faith in your spirit. So there are many Christians that are in a quandary because they listen to the talk shows. They see the posts on Facebook. They follow different experts in different fields. They Google and research on their own. And they've heard the conclusions of man, the conclusions that man has arrived at by their studies and their research. And then they read Jesus and he says something like this, all things are possible to him who believes. Well, wait a minute, what about so-and-so and so-and-so and, -so and, and what this expert said and that expert said? And what about this research and these studies? All things are possible to him who believes. He blows your research out of the water. But your natural mind can't grasp that. The natural mind wants to go with the research and the studies. Your spirit wants to go with all things are possible. 
too much. He's too much. Hallelujah. We're going with Jesus, aren't we? Are you afraid to walk away from the research and the studies? We're just flowing in the Holy Ghost. Is this, this is good. Well, I'd be afraid if there wasn't something else. If there wasn't someone else who was greater. Jesus. All things are possible to him who believes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said in John 4, 24, God is spirit. He never once said God's an expert. God's performed these research and studies. Therefore, I want you to know that I'm the Savior of the world based on the studies and research that my father did. He just said, I am the truth. I am. God doesn't need any research. He doesn't need any studies. How many believers are limited today because they're based on what they believe on research and studies? Wow. Wow. God, you're good. He said God is spirit, and if you want to know him personally, you've got to know him spirit to spirit, truth to truth. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit, and you need the truth. What's the truth? Jesus, right? The word of God. Look at verse 29. Wait, go back to verse 28. There you go. Look at this. So, I mean, this is great for God, isn't it? He's everlasting. He's a creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. And that's great because he is God. But I don't know what's greater, his greatness or his gross generosity and willingness to give his greatness to us. Now go to the next verse. So this everlasting God who's perfect in power freely gives himself to you. Now we've really got something to shout about. The everlasting God, the one perfect in power who never gets tired or weary, shuts himself off from the world and lets them struggle and figure out a way. No, he gives strength to the weary. You should be receiving strength from your relationship with him. Religion will rob you of the strength he came to give you. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. The Amplified says, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Wow, is he too much or what? What's wrong with him? Huh? So he gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he causes power to abound unto them. To multiply and to abound. Man, I like this. I like this. We're going to stay in Isaiah, but let's look at Ephesians 1.19. Oh, the utter extravagance. I like that. The utter extravagance of the everlasting one's work in us Who what? Who trust Him. Endless energy. Boundless strength. 
endless energy, boundless strength for those who trust in him. Now, this is big for me. You're not sleeping, are you? All right, good. You can do that later. Endless energy, boundless strength. Let me read another scripture. Same book, Ephesians 6.10. Amplify. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Look at this. Be empowered through your union with him. Man, oh man. That lights my fire. Be empowered through your union with him. Here's the kicker. Draw your strength from your conduct. From the number of right acts you did in the past week. From your track record. From your talents and abilities. From what others think of you. No. Draw your strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. Boundless might. Endless energy. Multiplying and increasing power. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We've tapped into something, haven't we? And it all comes by trusting Him. Now this is big for me. And we're going to get into this, this book, uh, probably February in get-togethers, called Live the Let-Go Life by Joseph Prince. Excellent book. But I found in my life, the Lord spoke to me many times and, and recently still, to slow down. And that was very hard for me to do because I always wanted to be accomplishing or working on accomplishing something. And you know what the Lord revealed to me over time? Because I would put pressure on myself to reach certain levels. And it's like I could never get there. You know, I couldn't work hard enough. I couldn't do enough things. I couldn't develop myself enough. I couldn't read enough books. I couldn't, you know, just on and on and on. I just go and go and go. And the Lord revealed something to me that I, uh, I was not trusting him in the outcomes of my life. I was trying to get it done myself. And I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me, is there any area that I'm trying to do this? You probably need to ask him. You probably know already. Is there any area of my life that I'm doing in my own soul? Yeah, we just got it, didn't we? Yeah, there's like three popped up right there that I'm doing in my own strength. It doesn't take much, especially when you're alive to God and you're flowing in the Holy Spirit. You know right away, wait a minute. Yeah, and boy, you will get tired doing that. I mean, you can get caught up in the adrenaline of accomplishments, and that adrenaline will take you weeks. But there's going to come a time where you're going to crash because the strength that you've been going on is not his, your own. And we weren't designed to live that way. We were designed to let him care for us. Yes. To depend completely on him. Yeah. That's humbling, isn't it? Yes, it is. But we were. 
We weren't designed to be the creator. He's the creator. We're his kids, right? We're designed to follow him, to walk with him, to have a relationship with him. So in 2018, those areas that we've been doing in our own strength, we're not going to do that anymore. Right? We're not afraid of the outcome. That if I don't do enough, it's not going to turn out the way I want it to. We're trusting Him for the outcome. Doesn't mean we're not going to apply ourselves, but there's no stress in it. Right? We're going to stay focused. We're going to apply ourselves, but with, without the stress and the pressure. And that's how you stay strong. Hallelujah. This is good, isn't it? I don't have any sophisticated homilies to give you. Sorry. So we're just going to read the Bible. Isaiah 40. Let's go back to my passage there. Verse 30. Oh, this is good. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Why is that good? Because boundless strength is not found by being young, but by trusting in Him. You can have it when you're young as long as you trust in Him. But you're not, your age doesn't disqualify you. Yeah, that's why the world's looking for the fountain of youth, right? They think I've got to have a certain number to be strong. God says even the youth shall, anyone who doesn't trust Him is going to fall, is what He's saying here, right? Those who, who are doing it on their strength, they're going to faint, they're going to be weary. doesn't matter what age they are, doesn't matter how much they can bench press, doesn't matter how fast they can run, they're going to utterly fall. Hallelujah. This endless, boundless strength comes from trusting in Him. And that's what the next verse says. Verse 31. But those who trust in the Lord, what will happen? I like that. They will gain heaven's strength. Strength that's not of this world. New strength. God doesn't have any recycled strength for you. You know God doesn't recycle. Woo! Thank you. He makes all things new. You don't have to recycle when you're perfect in power. You just make it new. Wow. <laughs> Those who trust in the Lord will gain new strength. Yeah, they will soar. I like to just see in my heart. See this. See yourself soaring on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amplified says, or excuse me, the message, those who trust in the Lord get fresh strength. Pop that up there. Get fresh strength. It's the message. I'm sorry. We got the message there? Yeah. Those who trust in the Lord get fresh strength. All right. We'll just go with the Amplified. Fresh new strength. The Amplified says it this way, and I like it. Those who expect. If you're not expecting, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. You're qualified. You can expect right now. The devil tries to keep you from expecting because of the mistakes you've made. Don't let him do that. Keep your expectation 10, full throttle every day. I'm expecting God 
to show up in every area of my life. Those who expect, look for, and hope in him shall change. Oh, wow. Couldn't we stop there, huh? So what's the key to change in my life? Trusting him. I'm so glad someone else doesn't have to change in order for me to change. I've just got to trust him. I'm so glad that my healing, my transformation, my victory is not dependent upon a human being. This is such a different way of living. Man, oh man, oh man. If you trust in him, you'll be transformed. You'll change and you'll renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God. As eagles mount up to the sun, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Now I'm going to come to perhaps, don't put it up there yet. I think this might be my favorite translation of verse 31. It's so good. Young's literal translation. Those expecting Jehovah pass the power. <laughs> Man. Those expecting Jehovah pass the power. So if, I'm, if I feel like I'm lacking power in any area of my life, I'm not expecting Jehovah. I expect him to be my strength. Amen. I expect him to love me with a perfect love. I expect him to reveal himself to me. I expect him to make the crooked places straight. I expect him to lead me by his spirit. I expect him to keep me, to surround me, to guard me, to protect me, to cause me to triumph. Those expecting Jehovah pass the power. Wow. It's a year of power. Jehovah power. Boy, I don't know what's wrong with God. He is too much. So this word, you notice these different translations, I'll translate that word. Some say those that wait on the Lord, those that hope in the Lord, those that trust in the Lord, those that expect, those that look for, those that hope. And the Hebrew word there is kavah. And that's what it means. It means all of these things, but it, but it has this picture that it creates. And I love this word, Kavah, when you read it in the context, those expecting Jehovah past the power, it means those who are bound together with. Like the fibers, um, the strands of fibers are bound together in a rope. You ever seen some of those big ropes? You ever been on a ship? They've got these big, thick ropes. They just, I mean, they can just pull all kinds of weight. It's this word, those who are bound together with him, like fibers are bound into a rope. That's what it's expecting Jehovah. It's, it's, the, it's like the um, branches are intertwined with the vine. 
That's what this is describing in Isaiah here. What Jesus say in John 15, 5, he said, I, uh, I'm the vine, you're the branches, right? That's what this is, Isaiah, right here. And what he says, so those who abide in me, those who are expecting Jehovah, produce and bring forth fruit, right? So we're intertwined with God. Our trust in him has joined us to him. We're joined together like the fibers of a rope with Jehovah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So this is an internal uh, binding that produces external results, right? This power is coming from the inside of us. It's bringing, yeah, you got it, forth much fruit from the inside out. But that's not all. This word also means collect. Those who collect. What does that mean? It means to collect. It means, I'm trying to capture it. Like in other words, your expectation for something to happen is so important to you, you begin collecting things. Some people, you know, collect canned goods to store in their basement in case of an attack. Why? Because that's what they're believing, right? Some people collect coins or stamps. Do you know what I collect? Jesus. I'm a God collector. I am. I, I collect God. How do you do that? I, I, I search the Bible regularly. Oh, I left it back there. I search the Bible. I, I dig through it to find his promises. And I collect them. When I find a promise of God in the scriptures, whether it's in Genesis or Malachi or 1 John, when it's a promise of God, I put it in my heart. I'm a God collector. Why do I do that? Because uh, Paul tells us through the Holy Spirit that no matter how many promises God has made, because of Jesus, they're yes and amen to us. So those who collect God pass the power. I'm a picker. I'm a God picker. A promise picker. Ah! That's what I do. Some travel to old barns to find stuff. I dig in the scriptures. Because there are treasures in there that will make what you find in a barn look like something you find in a barn. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what this picture is painting here. Those who are bound together like the branches are intertwined with the vine and like the fibers of a rope in a rope. Those who collect God. Those who treasure his promises. Speak them with their mouth and believe them with their heart. They pass the power. Strength grows inside of people who do this. Really. So if I need strength, start collecting God. Start meditating on his promises. They're for you now. Believe them in your heart. Speak them with your mouth. Isaiah 10, 27. This brings us to this verse. So Isaiah 40 paints this picture of a supernatural person. Of a person that walks through life in supernatural strength because they're joined to God. Right? 
A person that has this endless energy and strength growing from the inside of them because they're not living life in their own strength. And this is a scripture we went over last Sunday. This is one of the, the scriptures I believe the Lord spoke to my heart for 2018. And it's the same kind of thing. It says, so it will be in that day. Prophetically, that day is ultimately talking about the day we're living in right now. The day when God's salvation is freely available to anyone who believes in Jesus. In that day, that, uh, so it will be in that day that his burden, that's the burden uh, in the context it was the Assyrians, it's the burden of our enemy Satan, the burden of sin, will be removed from your shoulders and Satan's yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of fatness. That's that Isaiah 40, 31. This internal boundless energy and strength that comes from trusting him will break depression off of your life. will cause you to be free, will we'll set you free from condemnation, will cause health to manifest in your body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's too much. So I, I, basically, the answer, I guess, to my question, what's wrong with God? Well, nothing. <laughs> There's really nothing wrong with Him. He's actually our role model, isn't He? He's... He's the one that we look to for answers. He's our Father. He's the one who made us in His image. So we don't think of God as odd. Right? Or eccentric. Or irrelevant. He, he is our world. Right? Knowing Him is why we live. It's why we breathe. And it's in Him that we move and have our being. And remember what I said when we first started. He's totally determined to totally bless you every day of your life. To reveal more of Christ to you every day of your life. God is totally determined for you to experience His superabundance in your life. Let's look in the scriptures a little bit. Well, let's see. How are we doing on time? We'll see how we do. We'll just, we'll just talk through a little bit. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 16.9. We're going to spend some time looking at God's too muchness. All right? Because this is a year of too much, and, and we're not interested in trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're not interested in trying to have the latest gadgets or what others think about us. This is not a, a, a material desire for us. Nevertheless, an overflow of material wealth is coming our way. But it's not about that. Right? God knows we're living in a material world, and Jesus said he knows we need these things in Matthew chapter 6. He knows you need nice clothes. I mean, how, how God is so much. You know what Jesus said? What kind of clothes God wants to give you? He wants to clothe you more than Solomon in all of his glory. Wow. I mean, hip, hip for Walmart. One of my favorite stores. But we serve a God who wants to clothe you more than Solomon in all of his glory. 
Read Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 33. Study it out. I mean, he does that for the flowers of the field, and you're more important than he. Wow. He's too much. So this God who's too much, we're going to look at him. We're, going to, we're looking at his relentless determination to love and bless you. He's relentless about loving you. He's relentless about blessing you. It's on his mind constantly, and he's, he's, he's thinking about what he can do next to bless you. Are you telling me God wants to give you new cars? Yes. Oh, boy, the religious police are, are freaking out now. Is there a pastor of a church telling people, and he's live on Facebook, that God wants to give him new cars? Yes. Why are you hung up about a new car? Why is that such an unthinkable thing? It's just a car, right? That's all he is. Thank God. He wants you to have the best of the best. And he can afford it. Well, I can't. Yes, you can. Because he's your source. He's your provider. Boy, this is a different way of thinking. It's good to be free, right? Hallelujah. It's not about material things. But if you look in the Bible, God brought overwhelming amounts of material things into the lives of those who trust him. He did. He did over and over. We're going to look at that. We'll see how far we get today. But look right here. Let's start here. 2 Chronicles 16.9. One of my first, very probably the first 10 scriptures I ever memorized back in the late 80s. Whew. Okay. said, for the eyes of the Lord run. Wow. That means this is really important to him. Right? He's expending his energy, although it never runs out. Right? This is a priority. And the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Why? To show himself strong on behalf of those who are expecting Jehovah, whose heart is completely his. Let's chew on this for a little bit. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is completely his. That's what we talked about at the beginning of service. Deep down in here, expecting all your happiness from him. Seeking all of your happiness in him. When he finds hearts like that, it's an open door for him to manifest, to show up. God's too much. Examples of his too muchness. We'll just talk through some of these for time's sake. But if we go back to the beginning in Genesis 1-2, I mean, how much is God? He's too much. He just fills the earth with every beautiful thing imaginable. You read through the account of Genesis 1 and 2, it's amazing. I mean, crystal clear rivers flowing over gold and precious gems and jewels and every kind of beautiful uh, fruit and vegetable and tree and plant. No weeds. Important to understand that. No weeds, no thorns, nothing poisonous in the earth. I forget what I was reading online. Someone's trying to explain God's purpose in poisonous things. Like, what in the world? That's the curse of sin, okay? It wasn't like that when God created it. It wasn't like what we see now. And, and from our standards, this is beautiful. 
But if we would have saw the earth when God first created it before sin, we'd be appalled at what we see outside. It's far from what God created. All right? So God created a paradise with no sickness, no disease, no storms, no rain. Didn't need any weathermen. Isn't that amazing? There are no, that's why you see no weathermen in Genesis, right? Because <laughs> the weather was always perfect. No, no uh, what do they call them? Meteorologist. That's right. Oh, God is good. And then that's all. But then he gives it all to man. He gives the whole thing to man. He's too much. He gives the whole thing to man. And in the midst of it all, after, I mean, just being made in the image of God, right? I mean, you couldn't have a more perfect marriage. Husband and wife in the presence of God in paradise. But this man, made in God's image, starts listening to Satan. Because Satan was in the earth. He didn't have any authority. But he was sneaking around trying to get something. And he starts speaking to Adam and to Eve. And they start believing him. And they act upon Satan's word instead of God's word. And they die. But God's too much. He's more than death. It doesn't stop him. Even his, his treasured children totally rejecting him and allowing sin to enter their bodies and death to enter the earth and the earth to fall under the curse of sin and the whole earth changed and weeds and thorns and storms and sickness and disease and crime and war came into the earth, but it didn't stop God. He was still determined to love and bless mankind. See, if you don't know how determined he is to love you and to bless you, what I'm saying won't make any sense. That's right. That's right. The gospel doesn't make any sense if you don't know how determined he is to love you. He gave his son. That is the demonstration of his determination. So the, he, the man that he made rejects him. The earth becomes a terrible place to live. It becomes a wilderness where there is sickness and sin is reigning. Satan steals the authority that God gave to man and Satan becomes the God of the world, the God of the earth. Still didn't stop him. Still didn't stop him. He was still determined to love and bless mankind. Do you guys know uh, a guy named Enoch? God's too much. This was Adam's great, great Great, great grandson, Enoch, from Seth. You know, I, I like Enoch. The Bible says a little bit about him, but it's enough to, to get you in on the kind of life he lived. It says Enoch walked with God. That's a relationship, isn't it? When you're walking with someone, you have a relationship with them. Enoch walked with God for 365 years. That's a good relationship. Right? And he had such a relationship. Let's put Hebrews 11.5 up there. I like this. This is so good. He had such, we're almost done, hang in there. Hebrews 11.5, it says, By faith Enoch, Adam's great, 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 excuse me. Yeah, Adam's great, 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 great grandson, was taken from this life. How? So that he did not experience death. He had such a relationship with God. He was so pleasing that God just says, come on up here. Get up here. 
And he transported him from earth to heaven. So if you don't see me, he says he could not be found. So if I'm not here next week, you know what happened, right? He could not be found. They couldn't find him. Where did he go? He could not be found. Why? Because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, here it was, he was commended as one who pleased God. Well, he was just someone special. I could never do that. Don't ever put the people in the Bible on a pedestal. Because you're a people just like they're a people. That includes the apostles, the prophets, all of them. Don't put them on a pedestal. Thank God for what they did, but you're a people just like they're a people. You can do what they did in greater. Verse 6. But without faith, how did he not please him? Faith. What did he do? He, he expected Jehovah in his life. He expected all of his happiness to come from him. He sought all of his happiness in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God, this is simple, must believe that he is. If your translation says that he exists, that's wrong. That's not what the Bible says. It must believe that he is. Believing God exists is not going to help you. You've got to know that he is. That he is what? That he is who he says he is. That he is Jehovah. That he is the maker of heaven and earth. That he is the everlasting one who does not grow weak and weary. That he's the one who gives strength to the weary. The one who gives boundless might and endless energy to those who trust in him. Must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Second Chronicles 69. Those whose heart is completely his. Sure you can do this. It's just a decision. It's a daily decision, right? I believe, God, you are who you say you are, and my whole heart belongs to you. Let's go. Let's do this, right? Let's do this. All right, let's finish this thing up. God, you're so good. Hallelujah. Well, actually, now, you know, Enoch was translated. You know who Enoch's son was? Anybody know who Enoch's son was? Enoch Jr.? <laughs> now, Methuselah. What's special about him? Yeah, how long did that guy live? 16, yeah, 969 years in a week, I think. No. <laughs> yeah. He died before the flood began. Amazing. 969 years. What contributed to his long life? His dad's heart paved the way for his son's life. Listen, dads and moms, stop worrying about your children and give your heart to the one who made you. If you'll expect all your happiness from him, seek all of your happiness in him, he will pave the way for your kids. Who was his great-grandson? Enoch's great-grandson. Anyone know? Noah. Wow, did he pave the way for his kids or what? Noah was the only righteous guy left on the earth. Man, 
It's impossible to measure the benefits of giving your whole heart to him. It will bless generation after generation after generation. Wow. Amen. Hallelujah. My goodness. And then in Genesis 6, 5, it said, God saw that the wickedness of man. Look at this. This is amazing. God saw that the wickedness of man, I guess it was about a thousand years at this point, was great in the earth. And this is hard to imagine. That every imagination. Oh, we're wrong. Genesis 6, 5. We got that one there. Let's put that up there right quick. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. What are you talking about? Nothing stops him. Nothing will change his determination to love and bless mankind. I mean, this is how bad it got that everybody, with the exception of Noah, was thinking evil constantly. We can't imagine that. But it didn't stop him. He's too much. He's greater than evil. Nothing stops him. And he rescued Noah and his family from total evil in the earth. So you have nothing to be afraid of, do you? Right? Hallelujah. The eyes of the Lord. Put that up there, then we're done. 2 Chronicles 16.9 again. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. Not to get you. Not to, to, to condemn you. To bless you. God's running to bless. He stays awake because he wants to bless you. On behalf of those who heart, whose heart is completely his. Father, thank you. You are too much. And we rejoice in your love for us. We're done with religion. We're done with man's conclusions. We want Jesus and more Jesus and nothing but Jesus. That's it. Our, our whole year is Jesus. Our whole year is you. Every calendar day belongs to you. We're not concerned about uh, whether what happens on our job, whether we get promoted. Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? We're trusting the outcome of every area of our life to you. We will stay engaged with you. We will walk forward with you. We will have fun with you. We will sing and dance with you. We will shout with you. We're going to enjoy your love every day for the rest of our lives. We're going to seek our happiness in you and expect it all from you in 2018. Because you're too much. You love us too much to do anything else. You've blessed us too much to do anything else. In Jesus' name, we love you, Father. Hallelujah. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. 
put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.